0: All right. Here we go. Should I intro or you?
1: You can do it this week.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> and good.
0: Everyone, welcome to the Bulgariat and Beyond podcast. My name is Alicia. I'm excited for this week's episode. How are you doing, Sandra?
1: I am doing very, very well. Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra. It's nice to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love the head movements with your words.
1: Yeah, I wish everyone could see them. I'm just so dramatic. <laughs> Like, yeah,
0: maybe maybe someday we can do like a bonus thing where people can, if they like, do a bonus thing with us. They can watch it while they listen.
1: That is a very very cool idea. We could totally do that. Yeah, I will sort it out. Maybe
0: not every episode, but oh no no, no
1: this, is, this is special. This is like for special episodes, like maybe the super exciting ones or something like that. Or maybe, yeah. No. Hmm. Well, we'll, mm. we'll talk we'll talk about that some more.
0: Yeah, Exciting. I think that sounds good. It does. So how has your week been
1: Sandra? Hey, oh okay, so I feel like I've been my looking into my potion cup. Thank you, Aunt Paul. yes. I feel like I've been drunk all week. <laughs> <laughs> no. like, well because I've been completely uh, submerged in the final edits and formatting for the digital release of my um, current book, embodying Earth. That's right, I forgot. Even though I got
0: an email this morning, I still (laughs) forgot. (laughs) Congratulations on that.
1: Thank you, so it's gone out to my advanced reader team Advanced reader team. And um, I have, so that's that's out there in the world now and it'll be released in digital format. And I do have a date. It's actually Christmas Eve. When's Christmas Day, the 25th?
0: Yeah,
1: 25th. Yeah. So Christmas Eve is launch day for the digital stuff. It's like just a soft launch. Nice. And then I'll bring the paperback and workbook out next year in February. But, yeah, so I've just had this full-on week where it's just been like from eight, quarter past eight in the morning until 5pm, head in a manuscript. And um, you know what that's like. It feels mm-hmm. like um, it's a combination of complete euphoria, which takes the form of at the end you feel like you've got cotton wool stuffed in your head.
0: Yeah. And
1: the, the whole time you're in there, well, I'm in there. It's like super focused, super focused, because like this is like the last step when you've like the deadline's passed and you know you have to get this done. So I stick the music on and like you know some nice trancey sort of electronic, and mm-hmm. just get into it. And so you get into this zone where I'm totally spaced out.
0: <laughs> you gotta get lost in it sometimes.
1: Well, you know, and it's it's like. It's like you flick over into this alternate reality where you, your eyes just automatically stop on typos and um, weird, like weirdness, like, oh, no, that's not right. And I don't know what happens, but I think it's a little bit magical. So there was something really cool in that potion, but I did feel drunk. <laughs>
0: maybe it's the drunkness that helps you focus on the typos
1: well, i don't know not in real life i'll talk about that later in the episode if we get to it but i can't drink wine anymore oh no i'm very sad that's terrible so i that would be sad well too. i tested it and i tested it properly i haven't drunk any wine for two weeks because my pancreatitis was making was sort of not flaring up, because like, when it's flared up, I'm hospitalised, but just active, where I was nauseated all the time. And that's mm-hmm. not a good thing. And so finally, he paid attention to my body and listened to her and said, okay, that's it. And I'm doing lots of other healthy things in my life. And this was sort of the last thing that I was still being very stubborn about. And so I stopped with the wine. And the nausea stopped. Hello, of course it stopped. And then last night, finished the manuscript, got it all like finished, finished. So I thought, oh, I'll just have a glass of wine with dinner, a little celebration. And then 3am this morning, nausea was back. So no more wine for this little black duck.
0: Yeah, that's a hard one. Wine is a hard one for me to let go of too. I don't I don't experience like nausea or anything, but I do think it kind of attributes to the acidity in my body. Mm-hmm. It kind of make me feel like the, I get like the soreness up in my neck and shoulders and then it'll give me headaches sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. So. So. If that's
0: okay. Well, that sounds like an incredible week though. Yeah. Um, I did. I like totally, accomplishment. Totally
1: phenomenal week. I feel very accomplished today. So I'm celebrating Good. recording a podcast with a beautiful woman No, thanks yeah likewise
0: it was it
1: was
0: (laughs) (laughs) well my cup was magically sweet because overall there it was like a whole new experience because I was in this whole new place just um, embracing doing my own thing like in my business I can easily start doing what other people in the industry say is good or right or what's going to get you the most of whatever you're looking for Mm -hmm. and instead I like shut that all out and just done what I wanted to do and you know I think we mentioned this briefly last week
1: I can't I can't remember
0: on the episode I think we did and then we talked a lot more about it after we recorded but
1: (laughs) what happened is secret squirrel stuff guys
0: I had decided last week, okay, I'm not listening to anybody else's opinions for one week. All I'm going to do is focus on being in a good energy and doing what I want to do with my business and my life.
1: Hang on, that was your prophecy, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it was. That was my intention.
1: Yeah, you Um, said an intention.
0: Yeah, from Daring Greatly, the book. Daring Greatly, I can't remember (laughs) exactly what I read, but it was along those lines of, yep. I don't remember the words,
1: but that's what you were going to do. So you did it.
0: Yeah. And so what happened though, the next day after I said out loud to you that this is what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. um, I got in contact with somebody who reached out to me. We made this awesome connection, uh, business related. And then also, Some money came in that I had been waiting for that had kept being postponed, postponed. It just showed up that day, (laughs) and I was like, "Yes!"
1: Rewards for the right steps. I love it.
0: Right, and one more thing that happened too is somebody who I had talked to way back in August showed up in my world and said, "I want to talk to you about writing my book and getting my story out there." All on the same day.
1: Oh, my darling. This is, this show, it's this show, it's completely magical. Anybody listening to this show, just know that this magic is going to ripple out into your life and amazing things will happen. Do the prophecy, really. Yeah, I, I definitely say very, so. I'm being very fierce about it now, guys. You've listened to us for, this is episode eight. If you're not doing your prophecy <laughs> by now, today is the day that you start.
0: Yeah, it's about time you start. Uh, If you haven't believed in the magic yet, I mean, you just have to try it because you're going to think it's crazy until you try it for yourself.
1: And for those of you You here, this is your first episode and you're listening and you're like, what the hell are these women on about? They're not talking about fantasy books at all. Just wait, we're getting there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And one more thing just is, it's been really fun as I started working on my, um, my next book, it's going to be my first book series. Oh, that's so, you know, just being able to write, uh, I was a little bit scared at first when I had to get into the actual writing last week because I've been brainstorming for like months just Mm -hmm. as I, cause I knew I had to first publish my, my other novel Mm -hmm. before I could really commit to this one. Mm -hmm. And so last week I decided full on start writing. Um, but once I actually got over that scaredness I'm like oh man how am I going to do a whole nother story now um, <laughs> I've been having so much fun with oh, it
1: Oh, that's so good well so. you've done so much brainstorming you've got all of the story churning around there in your subconscious for so long it, it it's it might just be more easy than you think it is
0: yeah that's what I'm finding you know each book you get a little bit better and a little bit better so this one I feel like super it's, prepared
1: it's like That's the thing about writing. There's something about it that new writers especially are under the impression that you've got to get it right and perfect the first time. That's a lot of bullshit. You write your book and then the next one you write is better and the next one you write is better than that and the more you write, the better you get. And if it's not that way, maybe you're not supposed to be writing because, you know, go and find the thing that, that you love to do.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I, you know, my first book was definitely so, could do so much improvement, but I'm not going to change it. I'm leaving it how it is because that's how it is. That's how I wrote it.
1: I'm so proud of you. I took mine down. I'm going to re-edit it. You did? I did. Um, I retired the first edition. (laughs) So if you own a first edition of Afri's Earth, good on you. I do.
0: I do own one. Oh my God, you you do too. Yeah. But I do have to say though, there are two editions of my first book ah. because, but I'll, I'll, the only reason there's two editions is because there were some really crazy typos in the first one. And I'm
1: like,
0: <laughs> I didn't, and I, and I did cut out a big chunk of the, of the beginning because it was too much. So well, I guess I
1: lied. I lied. No. I did. Well, <laughs> I did change it. I have retired it because I want to have the same feeling about it as I do about this book that I'm about to publish. That I've sent out to the advanced readers. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so thrilled that it's in the world. And I have no hesitation or compunction in saying, hey, hey, look at this. It's amazing. you you know, check this out. Whereas with the, the novel, I really like, oh, there's stuff in there. I know that it could be better. I know that it's not quite right. And I think I rushed it, as I think a lot of new authors do with their first book. They sort of rush it and just want to get it out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the that's great thing about if you can self-publish because any time you can, just take it down and redo it. And I, really, like... I really love having total control. Me too, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, speaking of books, let's yeah. get into the Bulgarian. Yeah, yeah. We're
1: talking about the Porn of Prophecy. Is it the or just porn? Porn of Prophecy, mm-hmm. it's the first book in the Bulgarian series. We're up to Chapter 8. So each episode of our podcast, of our show, is a chapter, and we pick it apart and talk about it, as well as all of this other magical stuff that sort of weaves in and out of our lives and the books we read. And this happens to be one of the books we're reading, and so this is how the show came about. So it's mm-hmm. now Olivia's turn to give us Garian's view as the new eyes on the story. I've read these stories so many times. I could probably recite them for you with much, with, with very little difficulty, but at least by <laughs> seeing all the words for the first time. and So she gets to give us the chapter summary every week. Off you go, my darling.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this chapter was, <clears throat> I had to review it a few times just to retain enough information to give a summary of it. <laughs> You know, I I'm telling you, I think my memory is going. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, yeah. So this chapter is it starts off with them. They're they're on the road again, and uh, they start hearing some riders come in their way. Figure out pretty quickly that there are Murgos, and one is a Gromlin. Gromlin. Grolem, Grolum. Grolum. Okay. I typed. I have dyslexia too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so, but something happens and I don't know, we can talk about this later, but I didn't know if it was Mr. Wolf that did this or, uh, the Murgos that did this, but Gary goes into like a trance wakes up and suddenly they're safe from these writers. Um, then they arrive at Winold uh, town where they, they make a stop. And Gary is out wandering around at night sees Brill of all people. Uh, in this town making a deal of some kind it looked like with some dark shadow man. Uh, He can't see who he is. Um, So he goes back, tells everybody about this and Wolf decides it's best if they leave like as soon as they can in the morning before the sun rises. Um, And then of course they feel like they're being followed as the day goes on. Uh, So they make this stop to watch the road and see if somebody's coming behind them. So while they're kind of hanging out here, Garion sees his time to get into Silk and talk to him alone about everything, asks him a lot of like really detailed specific questions. And Silk has some really interesting responses that we can talk about again later. Um, And so then the chapter ends with them arriving at the farm to pick up the hams from the previous chapter, they had made the deal of exchange with the turnips.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, that's that's what I got out of it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hope I covered most of the big stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a traveling through so chapter from one from one place mm-hmm. to another, and you hit on the the main points.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you can enlighten us of all the little details because uh so feeling that i missed a lot of them but
1: okay so for some reason i feel like you got the two halves of the chapter around hmm. let me just so yeah they so they're traveling and they get to a little village and they stop at the tavern and garen walks through it was, I think it, I liked the fact that he wanted some alone time and mm-hmm. you know, not, it, it wasn't that he, he doesn't like being around other people, but he was feeling the 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 loss of his friends, I think, and the loss of young people because he'd been around adults for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was sort of, I don't know, feeling that that restriction of always having, of always being around his elders and having to behave a certain way or maybe. And, so he went off took himself off for a walk around the um the village and um that's where he saw Brill mm-hmm. so we don't know why Brill was there and what who he was meeting with that's a bit mysterious right yeah and
0: then the whole scene with uh where, where Gary has to like actually walk past the guy because he's can't really go any other way he's like i'm kind of stuck i can't run
1: because he bluffs it out steps out and just just bluffs it out Mm -hmm. so yeah so that's fine so no you didn't get it around the wrong way i've got it around the wrong way in my head okay good but (laughs) gary has been learning the secret language with silk while they're traveling along like so that's like taking up the whole of their traveling they don't talk with their voices they're learning Gary's learning to talk with his hands and he's feeling very accomplished and satisfied, And it's really funny, this little um, comment, uh, Mr. Wolf, when they stop for for, the, for one of the days, Mr. Wolf says, so, hey, you know, how's the how's the teaching going? Or how's the, the secret language learning going? And um, Silk says, um, it'll go along faster as, as when he stops using baby talk. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> and know, that kind of knocks him down. Yeah, it's right? all sort of offended. And so we're kind of getting into the sort of, the per- the the personal headspace of Gary, and where he's he's hit that point of maturity where he's not a grown up, but he's not a child, and he's in that in between space. And I really um, like how this book series um, moves through that because that's that's where he is for a, for a lot of it. You know, feeling all of those angsty feelings that you know, yeah, we have when we're young teenagers. You know, hitting the point where we want to you know we don't want to be told what to do but we kind of need to be told what to do still looked after. yeah
0: and the the part two going right back to the beginning of like he, they're him and silk are doing the finger language and then uh silk tells him don't shout you know and Garen's kind of like what what are you talking about and he's like you're emphasizing too much so then he tries it again and then he's like now you're mumbling be careful not to mumble <laughs> so I think yeah. Garen's just kind of like well how am I gonna win yeah and I'd love to I'd, love to I'd love see an
1: actual demonstration of people talking this way because I know that would be cool yeah that would be so they're hitting the turn so the seasons are turning colder as they're traveling along and um one of the other think, highlighting moments of you know Gary and feeling teenage angsty is um when Aunt Paul tells him what to put on, tells him to change into warmer clothes. She says, no, you know, put on the thick wool t- hose and the the wool-lined boots and your thicker cloak. And Garen's like, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a child, Aunt Paul. And Aunt Paul's like, do you want to be cold? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I know. It's a typical kid response of <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I-, I want okay. to be my own person, but then I realized that your advice was actually good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And now I feel like an idiot. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So when they decide, um, you know, uh, Silk decides he wants to get a a closer look at Brill. Mm. So they have a little bit of time kind of just hanging out, Mm. waiting for him to come back.
1: And And the uh, reason that the, the thing that decides that he wants to go and have a look at, and he actually isn't going to look at Brill. He's going, he says he wants to go and have a look at the other guy. So it's almost mm. like Brill is not important. But the reason that um, he's a, a suspicious character as far as Wolf's concerned is that he has too much good angorak gold, good red angorak gold in his purse for anyone who's not up to no good. So, And the Angaracs are the tribe where the Murgos, that the Murgos and the Grolams belong to. So they're the Angarak. They're the bad guys of our story. Mm-hmm. So as we go along, I'll just I'll remind you who the different peoples are because um, this book is actually it's like it's laying the foundations so that you get a sense of the different characters of the different peoples. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it helps because it is harder for me to keep track of. And I, I'm sure for the listeners too, it's probably helpful to have for us reading it the first time through have a little bit of context um
1: so please if you have any questions like if something's confusing or you're just like where the hell did this come from or how do these two um try you know if two peoples fit together or these countries or whatever i might actually be able to answer your question if you ask them send them into the email address which will be linked in the show notes
0: yep She is the wise one for this book
1: series. (laughs) So um, what else was interesting in this? It was such a lovely long chapter and I really enjoyed just sitting down this afternoon and, and reading it slowly and kind of savoring it because it's one of those big traveling chapters. Some of the chapters are quite long and you can really get lost in the, just lost in the, um, the adventure lost in the language lost in the like this the story I love that yeah
0: yeah I really liked the part like after they had left that little town because they you know Brill was there and they thought and they need to get out of there you know as they're leaving and uh, just before the sun is rising and they see the light switch on in the town just mm-hmm. one light
1: mm-hmm. switch
0: on behind them that like, oh, goes somebody's awake Yep, it be a coincidence, one. but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decide to like pull off the road later in the day to
1: see who's following them. And I love that. I love that. Um, the, they like make the horses run and it's got the empty carts behind the horses. And as I'm re as I was reading it this time, I could, I could feel the like the jolting almost in my body of this horse, horses running down the hill into the valley with this, clattering along behind them oh yeah I'm just so I so love that you wanted to read this series because it's giving me a chance to oh, just sink into it again I just love it every time so
0: good yeah it's really he's really does do the descriptive stuff really well and because, it's not
1: hard to read is it
0: no it's I really easy to read. read but he can really make you feel that's what I really like like when way back I don't remember the first chapter or two when he was explaining the author was talking about Gary and being in that little river and he Mm -hmm. kind of gets knocked down and he feels the squishy on his Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just that descriptive stuff is so well done that you can actually feel yourself there as if you are in the middle of it with him. Mm -hmm. So I think that he does a really good job.
1: And so, so they've run down the hill in the carts and they find a place to pull in and sort of hide and just, make sure that there's nobody following them. And as you said, Garion goes off with Silk and it's just the two of them. And Garion asks, uh, you know, like, what, what is this all about, Silk? So he's feeling more comfortable with Silk from the first time when they met and he ran away because he was so scared and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Now it right. seems like he, and, like he and Silk are traveling companions now. They share a carrot, a cart, a wagon and they travel together. and remember
0: uh, the first time he avoided being in the cart with him at all costs exactly
1: so right they're, yeah they're exactly he like diddle, did he was too scared to be in the in, in the cart with some um, silk but now they're together all the time and and they're mm-hmm. getting very close friends and um so he's like silk is like its mentor sort of figure i think for Gary and, yeah and 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 so Gary sort of gets right to the point with, like, just a bald-faced question, like, what's this all about? And the whole conversation, Silk's just kind of hedging and, like, well, what do you think it's about? And, (laughs) you know, what have you. So Gary's sort of like, well. He said it. He's guessed a few things and he's heard some stuff. And Silk wants to know, well, what have you guessed, Gary? And he's like, well, something's been stolen, very important, and Mr Wolf and Aunt Paula and all of us are trying to get it back and um looks so like right yeah and Mr Wolf and Aunt Paul aren't at all what they seem to be <laughs> <laughs> and he's like mm, no that right they're not <laughs> and and you know and then he goes on to the the and I think they can do stuff that other people can't do and then he talks about the thing with putting his mind to sleep. You, you touched on it. You talked about it being a trance. Yeah. You don't know Whether it was Mr. Wolf or the Grollins. Right. But, um, if you remember in the, in the, and it's it, it was so fun. It's so fun because Aunt Paul and Wolf are talking to each other with secret language, but they're using some words that Garian doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So don't know what's going on because Paul sort of makes the gestures to say, what about we do and she signs something that Gary doesn't understand. And then Mr. Wolf says, well, how about instead? And then he signs something that Gary doesn't understand. So there's like, he can, mm-hmm. he, he can understand part of the conversation. So when he's saying to, to, you know, they can do something that other people can't do. And he felt his mind go to sleep. And so he had, the, had the awareness of what was going on, but he didn't actually know what was going on or where it was coming from. But it was definitely the okay. pole or Mr. Wall.
0: Yeah, so it was one of them that put him in that trance. Yeah. So then something why probably you, went...
1: Why do you think that they had to do that? What was the reason? Did well, it, this was all because they were trying to hide from the riders. And the comment was, well, what if there are Grolhams with them? What's What if there's a grolam with the Mergo? So there's something special about the so mm-hmm. They had to put the minds to sleep. Well, I'm curious, did they all of them
0: put their minds to sleep or did Mr. Wolf or aunt Paul like stay awake through all of it did or were you know, so I oh, don't know a what very, really went. That's a very I don't know point. what really went down. Like maybe Mr. Wolf put everyone else to sleep, but he stayed up and had a conversation with these guys. So like, you, you know? Well, you just don't know yet. Yeah. So that's, I think that something really big went down while he fell asleep. That we'll find out about later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: think but then going back to the conversation that Gary this is a really important pivotal kind of conversation that Gary and Silk had um you know they talk about this the putting the mind to sleep Aunt not Paula and Mr Wolf can do stuff other people can't do and Silk's like yeah yeah well, you're a very observant lad and what have you and then he talks about being so excited to be alive right now because thing momentous things are happening You know, there are centuries that are just quiet, and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, in just a few years, all of this stuff happens. And I'm really glad that I'm alive in that time. So,
0: so that's a good question. Like, would you rather be alive during the quiet time or a momentous time? Mm. Because Garion says, "I want to. I don't. I'd rather be existing at a time where nothing's happening." Yeah, and she looks like, no, no, no. This is the
1: time to be alive. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I think that. Uh, that answer would depend on what day I was having. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would definitely choose the momentous time because I think I still, I truly believe like in another life, I was some kind of a warrior or, or fighter or something.
1: What would you there
0: I, something that was in my, I'm telling you, when I grab a butcher knife sometimes, <laughs> <Watch out. laughs> it's like it feels way too natural in my hand like i'm to holding some type of weapon in my hand yes. that was just natural for me to like kick wow. ass with it
1: you have like cross, cross, <laughs> cross like universal muscle memory
0: it's really weird like it just it's beyond i can't even explain but yeah anyway so i definitely choose the, the momentous time because i think i was and in another yeah. life I was in a really momentous time that was like life or death type time. Yeah.
1: Well I think that I would have both depending on the day. <laughs> well,
0: I think I think there would be quiet days during momentous periods. That's so. true.
1: If I had if I had to pick one or the other, I would go momentous. If I had to pick.
0: Yeah. You have to have a little excitement. If it's always quiet,
1: it's a little bit a little boring, I think. And so back to the conversation. And Garion really wants to know what this thing is that we're following. And Silk said that it's best that you don't know. You don't even we, it's best you don't even know its name or the name of the one who stole it. Because of the people trying to stop us, and what you don't know, you can't reveal. And Gary like, well, I'm not in the habit of talking to Murgos. Like he gets a bit offended. Mm-hmm. And Silk says that. You don't have to say anything. They can pick the thoughts out of your mind. So, and then they go into one of those what's impossible and what's possible conversations. Because Gary, that's impossible. And, you know, so it's like, well, who's to say what's impossible or possible? And Garen's thrown back to that conversation. He had with Mr. Wolf way back at the start of the story.
0: Yeah, and it's funny too that he's saying this, that that isn't possible right after somebody (laughs) put his mind to sleep.
1: (laughs) <laughs> and, he, and so and he's commented on it, he being witness to himself having this experience and he still says that's impossible. And the reason he says it, and Silk touches on that here, is that the reason he says it is because you have been raised a sender. And Gary immediately picks up on that. So senders are very sensible, believe what they can see. You know, magic is not part of their belief system. And... Um, Garion says, Ray's a sender, I am a sender. He gets really kind of pissed, you know, because he's in this stage, you're working out who he is and his identity is really important. And, and, and Silk's like, well, no, I've been trained to recognise who, what race people are and you are not a sender. Mm-hmm. And the conversation goes on and, and um, Gary says, well, is Aunt Paul a sender? And so it's like, no, of course not. Like, was <laughs> ridiculous. And and Gary's like, well, I'm probably the same thing she is. And that really disconcerts Silk. It really throws him off. And he gets all sort of like, oh, we need to go back now.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because he, uh, he start. well, Gary pushes it even further because he starts saying that, you know, um, she's my father's sister after all. Mm. And then he's like, "No, that's impossible."
1: <laughs> so he's saying impossible now. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and Garian's like, "Why?" And then that's when he's like, "Let's go back now." Yeah, like, yeah. So we're done. So there's
1: something going on there. What do you think?
0: Well, I, I kind of suspected all along. You know, Aunt Paul is obviously not somebody of you know that area. She was kind of placed there to watch over Garian. And that I don't think that they're related, her and Garion. I've always kind of felt that way. I may be right or wrong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the part of of him, of Silk kind of really dismissing that, like your father is, can't be her sister. You know, mm-hmm. she's not really really your aunt. She can't really be your aunt. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so yeah, he's like, I, I, it's like out of the question. Like he's like definitely no. This cannot. Ab- this absolutely cannot be a true thing
0: yeah so there must be something about his dad or his parents that or his line that, there's something about yeah right we we or maybe it's some something to do with the prologue and all that
1: yeah yeah all
0: that stuff
1: so, so yeah so that i think was the most important conversation of the of the chapter and i think the other important thing that happened in the chapter was that when the writers met past and Garion's mind was asleep, mm-hmm. uh, um, but afterwards they were talking about it and I can't remember if it was Aunt Paul or Mr Wolf, one of them said, so the two, I think maybe the two of them were conscious and the others were asleep because they, Aunt Paul said one of them was a Grolam. so many, it's six Murgos and one Grolam, or something like that. And Garion's thoughts inside his mind was, I wonder if the Grollam was Ashrak the Mergo, the person who's been with him all of his life and nobody knows that he has, like this this, this dark secret that Garian has. And as I think that he feels that of course it was because of why wouldn't he be following me But he's followed me my whole life. And there's yeah. no fear there, which is interesting. It's just a matter of factness.
0: Yeah, that's right, I forgot that he'd you know thought that to himself yeah because i remember saying well it was one oh, hey growlum one yeah. growlum yeah and uh so so i don't really know do i need to know yet the growlums versus the mergos is am i supposed to be in the gray about what Grolems really well, are
1: it's it's just starting to sort of um cement the idea that the the uh, the mergos Grolams are Murgos, but they're special kinds of Murgos. I think in this so maybe in the same way that Aunt Paul and Mr. Wolf are part of these other people, but they're also special in some way. Okay. So So that. I
0: was just kind of curious, like the Grolem, is the Grolem really the one who's the shadow guy following him around or not. Yeah,
1: so Asherak the Mergo is a Grolam. Okay. That person is a Grolam. Okay. Because so back, I know it- back then it was like um, Garen was not particularly surprised that Asherak the Mergo... Oh. Well, in any case, yes, he's a Grolam. <laughs> he is a Grolam, And okay. I think that we've already found that out. So Grolams have something special about them that allows them to pick thoughts out of other people's heads, and they are um, part of the Angarak people, mm-hmm. but they're not just regular Murgos. So does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I'm sure ask as many questions as you like. I can draw your pictures later if you want. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: I'll draw I'm a picture and, at, and
1: I'll draw a picture of how the tribes fit together like maybe a Venn diagram of the anger acts and then you can put it on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so cool. Okay. I'm just going to write it out. Venn diagram, anger act Venn diagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so fun. But I think that's pretty much like that's how the chapter, I mean, they arrive at that town to do the ham, uh, ham drop off or pick up whichever they're doing.
1: Yeah. I think it's uh, a really nice, like end, like a really nice touch. They've had this excitement, exciting thing, a little bit scary maybe, and then they end in this really familiar environment. Yeah. That kind of you know takes scary and into this safe place, which I think it's a nice thing. It kind of takes the pressure off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was. A, it was a really enjoyable chapter. Mm. I i'm looking forward to the next i'm looking forward to getting into this action and like what it's is it harder and harder for you to just read one chapter i know i already sense it coming <laughs> that's okay i can do it i know you can i'm so, so you so, so. we're on to the magic of the chapter um. This one was kind of hard for me because I didn't want to pick the obvious,
1: but... Oh, I totally picked the obvious. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, and I think maybe I was a bit connected with it, you know, because yeah, I felt this week, like my mind had been kind of, I That's don't know, true. not taken over and not put to sleep, but I was so, so deep in the work that I was doing. It felt mm-hmm. like I was in a trance and so I think that's why that magic that I picked out of this was like uh, Paul putting their minds to sleep uh, it resonated with you right it now totally resonated with me I couldn't help yeah.
0: yeah that's that's a good one I mean I that's the one I was trying to avoid picking because I didn't I didn't have any connection to it so I just didn't want to be like oh let me just pick the easy one I mean <laughs> the one I picked isn't even necessarily like magic magic but the way that Garian can put up that front as he has to walk down that dark alley past mm-hmm. that, that guy, uh, I thought it was pretty magical because <laughs> you imagine if, if that was me, how scared I would be. To and just it even, walk. It
1: even talks about how scared he is. Like it says his knees. Are yeah.
0: Straight. Yeah. And then as soon as he knows he's safe, he just takes off he's running. Off
1: running. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it just, he does it so well. Okay. Like, he has a, he has an instinctive bravery that kicks in almost by itself when he needs it. Yeah. It reminded
0: me of that part that reminded me a lot of like something like Harry Potter in the book series, how he would. Because he seems at, uh, off the bat, he's just like this normal kid and like, okay, he's a wizard, but he's still pretty normal.
1: Mm. But then when a little he's. Bit, and even a little bit timid.
0: Yeah. But then, as he starts getting kind of pushed, or he's in a situation where he doesn't have a choice, he has to choose. He always would choose the brave, yep. the braver choice, and yep. that's like what it reminded me of right here with Gary.: Cool. I love
1: hearing your connections.
0: Yeah, it's always gonna be Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> got Wrinkle in Time going on there now too.
0: That's true. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Dang. I think Game of Thrones might pop up sometimes. I haven't
1: read Game of Thrones. Should I? Should I read it?
0: Well, the book series is actually called A Song of Ice and Fire.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: And it's it's amazing. It can feel a little bit slow at times because there's so much history in it. But once you're attached to the characters, it's like you want to know this history about them. You want all the
1: background. Because Uh, I started to watch the TV series and – I kind of liked it, but I got up to one point and I'm like, Oh, that's disgusting. They're, 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 <laughs> like this, they're revolting. I want to throw them all off the top of the tower. I'm not watching this anymore. They're horrible, <laughs> they're horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible, horrible people. I do not want to know anything more about them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the show can be a little bit graphic. Uh, my cousin, he had a similar experience and one. Of, I don't know how far you got. But there was one scene in season four, and it's always episode. Oh no! Nine. I
1: was up to season. I got. I didn't even finish season one.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Then and you like probably I'm, wouldn't. And I'm pretty good. Like I'm pretty good with graphic stuff. Graphic stuff doesn't bother me at all. Um, taboo stuff doesn't bother me at all. The thing that bothered me was they were just so fucking horrible to each other.
0: Now you're talking about the Lannisters. Is that who you're talking about?
1: The the yeah, brother was, and. There was this? What was the scene that made me stop? The woman in the tower that has like the holes in the in the floor, and she's still breastfeeding her son, and he's like fifteen or something, right? That's Liza. She's horrible. (laughs) I think I stopped watching because of her because she just like was like, oh my, I just can't bear another second of you.
0: Is that was that that was a scene where Tyrion? Uh, was about to get tossed out the moon
1: door is that opening in the ground is called the moon door I think I've blocked it out to tell you truth, uh, I know that I got that far and something that, something was that, like no can't no, no no
0: she is a really awful character and there are a lot of them in that series but if you if you stick through it there's so much payoff yeah. with that okay like, so much. She just okay. Start... Don't
1: tell me anymore. I will read the books not... because I think that if I read the books, I might enjoy it more. Yeah,
0: the the books are definitely the, the better introduction to it because the show does take it different directions in a lot of ways, and it gets a little bit more x-rated than the books do. So.
1: But, and I really enjoy building that world in my mind with a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. why we're here, isn't it? because we love reading we love building those stories in our head and having them come to life
0: oh yeah it's really it's really good just you know those books though are like 900 pages each so you will be good that's not scary you'll be good for a while because I think there's six out right now he's supposed to have the seventh one out like two years ago and still hasn't. do you think he'll finish
1: the whole series before he dies because I don't want to start something that's not going to be finished
0: I cannot say now. I have no idea. That would really piss me off.
1: I thought he would have had that seventh book out because there's supposed to be eight. Ah, Um, so he's still got another, this one and another one to write. He could die and we have no end to the story. And then that would be very distressing. (laughs) It's very possible,
0: but I'm already committed. So I'm just rooting for book seven right now.
1: It's like when I get to the end, near the end of a ball of wool, and I'm nearly at the end of the project I'm working on with my crochet. Start playing chicken, see if I can get to the end of the row before the wool runs out. That's exactly what this is like. Will he finish the book before his life runs out? We're playing chicken (laughs) with a man's life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the fans have been doing this for like at least three years now, if not longer. Will he, will he make it? We don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows? Well, we're not taking any bets. So don't send us money. <laughs> All, right. All right.
0: So back to um kind of prophecy. Oh, the- we have
1: to do the real life. I do have a real life relating thing. Yeah, go for it. So um, when they, when they leave the, um, I can't remember which village, but they're leaving because Brill was there and they don't want to be seen or discovered. Mostly they leave When the moon is still up and bright and the way that the landscape is is described with this silver kind of wash over everything, I can remember looking out the, my bedroom window when I was a very small child and we lived in the bush, in the Queensland bush. And everything was red dirt and uh, gum trees and mulga and very bare. And I can remember... Looking out the window on full moon nights, this little person who could just see over the, the window ledge, and it was like this fairy world, silver, bright, gorgeous fairyland. Like there was a spotlight because you know there's no city lights. You can remember we lived out in the middle of Queensland, so it was just moonlight, and it was glorious. And I just oh, that's my little bit of ma- my little bit of childhood magic for everyone. Yeah, that sounds amazing.
0: Uh, Let's see, mine is, I'm going back to the alley again,
1: because
0: (laughs) it really does remind me, there's been lots of, and I think women can relate to this, there's a lot of times when you're just out and about, and like, you're suddenly in a situation where you're like, oh shit, like, I even went through this yesterday, oh my god, it just hit me right now, okay, so I there's this uh, area mission trails near my house and Mm -hmm. I like to go walk there. Sometimes it was the middle of the day. I had my dog. She's a little dog. So she couldn't do anything if she wanted to, but we are out like in the the depth of the trail. It's not that far from the main road, but it's pretty vacant. And usually I feel I'm fine. I'm good. I pass people. I was like, okay, Hey, how are you doing? Keep going. But this, there's a guy approaching me just him alone from the distance, I saw he he wasn't wearing his shirt. He looked very kind of muscular, but not not like in a workout kind of way, like in a like I've been in jail many times kind oh, of way. Oh, wow. So I was like, "Oh crap!" Um, like I I had my ears in listening to a podcast. So I like paused it. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I did have mace on me because <laughs> I I just do. Oh so wow! I, i i had it up there ready just in case but i'm like all right he's probably gonna be just fine you know there's other men that i know who look terrifying but they're really big teddy bears yeah so let's try to give him benefit of the doubt i just kept walking and then as we passed glanced at him smiled kept going uh and nothing happened of course because i'm here but
1: But not of course but the thing is it's just i'm just going to take a little moment if there are small children listening, you may want to block their ears. Fucking patriarchy. I'm telling you, it's just sad that we have to think like that and we can't just smile happily, get on with our day. No, we've got to get our fingers on the fricking mace button and be mm-hmm. scared. Oh, makes me angry. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. I agree. But it just, there's been many moments. It's like all of, you know, a lot of women relate to where you do have that moment where you're like,
1: okay, it's too late. I I totally relate. um,
0: Yeah. Because it's that moment of, it's like, and like your experience, like, all right, it's too late. I can't turn around because then he'll know I'm avoiding him. And if he is some kind of a, you know, whatever, he's going to be more likely to come for me. Yeah. So you got to put up that front of yeah. like, everything's cool. Like, hey, how's it going? All right, now let me get away from you as fast as I can. Yeah, just
1: until uh, you're just out of sight and then you run like hell. No, yeah, you just keep walking.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: In your head, yep. you're running. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry that you had to do that, baby. Blech. No worries.
0: No worries. Not the first
1: time. I know. You know,
0: I always just start talking to myself like, "I'm gonna make it through. You're gonna let me come back because I have two little girls I need to raise. So let's do this." Like <laughs> you, you know, tell wherever.
1: me, you tell me that's like that's not okay. This is not okay.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. But okay, you
1: know,
0: I, well, I don't know what to do about
1: it. Well, this. We talk, we connect, we make friends, we uh, tr- make friends with people who aren't like us and we get to know them and we hear each other's stories and we tell each other's stories and we realise that we're really not different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's... Yeah, we, and do that's... It, sweetie. we do these kind of shows and invite people to talk to us.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and that's, I think my approach is that he's probably not that different from me and maybe he, okay, maybe he is a troublemaker. Maybe he's not, you know, I don't know his story. So for the fact that even the fact that I'm judging him on a surface level is kind of like my bad.
1: Well, no, no, I don't. It's just that we have patterns. We have, we've got patterns that are deeply instilled in us from the time we're little and, and they keep us safe yeah sometimes they really do keep us safe
0: Mm
1: Hmm. it's not it's nothing bad about it it's just when you ask the question what can we do about it we're doing it you and me every week we're doing it yay i'm glad i'm glad me too okay i think you should do your prophecy first today
0: Let's see. Well, the book I chose, I don't know why this book was calling to me from the shelf, but The Order of the Phoenix from the Harry Potter series. Fifth book in the series. Mm -hmm. Um, You know why I think it was calling to me is because I recently went and watched the new... Fantastic Beasts movie came out. Oh, I haven't really seen it. Following
1: yet. those. Oh, I loved it so oh, much. Oh, is it good? Oh, good. Oh, if so it, I think it's still at the cinema here. Well, I might see if I can talk the pixie into taking me to see it. Yeah,
0: I loved it. So, like, my mind kind of got reimmersed into the whole Harry Potter world. Um, so, uh, let's see. For this week, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I don't have anything specific. I think I just kind of want to see what comes up.
1: Okay. <laughs> No, I love those kind of ones. I'll be quiet. All right.
0: See if I don't get a big conversation or something. Um, All right. This is going to sound out of context. The, The ten escaped Death Eaters were staring out of every shop window he and Cho passed. It started to rain as they passed Scriven shafts Oh, as they passed scriven shafts, <laughs> cold, heavy drops of water hitting Harry's face in the back of his neck. Oh, okay. I know where this is. Uh, uh, Do you want to go get coffee? said Cho tentatively. Yeah, all right, says Harry, looking around. Where? Oh, there's a really nice place just up here. Haven't you been, ever been to Madam Puttyfoot's? She said brightly and led out the side road. Harry had never noticed it before. It was a cramped, steamy little place where everything seemed to have been decorated with frills or bows. Harry was reminded unpleasantly of Umbridge's office. Okay. So this is like, <laughs> I think this is a moment where, because obviously Cho, like, I mean, Harry likes Cho in this book. And I think this is like them attempting a date or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just coming back to, like, this is something so simple, like, they're out enjoying coffee together, trying to, you know, escape all of the craziness that is his life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And uh, that's kind of what I've been coming back to is just embracing the simple things. Oh, I love that. Nice. That's my connection.
1: (laughs) Very nice.
0: Yeah, just a a nice, light, happy one this
1: week. Mm. Okay, well, for me, I have a couple of concerns about my physical body, quite serious concerns, and I think I'd just like a little bit of something about them, a little bit of insight into that part of myself.
0: Okay. Okay, so
1: this is a part of a ritual... (laughs) so i'm just going to take it as instruction so i'll just read it (laughs) okay so the ritual is for honoring the dark goddess one option for this ritual is to create an altar dedicated to the dark goddess or make over an altar you already have dedicating it to her an altar can be as simple as a small table or shelf on which is placed a piece of fabric And on that, some representation of the dark goddess, a picture, small statuette, a seed pod, or anything else you feel is appropriate, and a candle. It also can be much more elaborate. When you light the candle or when you spend time at your altar, meditating, doing the processes in this book, or just sitting, you are offering your time and attention to her. This is honouring the dark goddess. Okay, this is really appropriate for me and it's really important. I haven't been taking enough time for myself where I can just be introspective and really sink into that meditative space. You know, the fact that there's a seed pod in the text of this, it really speaks to me. So I really connect with that idea of, you know, being embraced by the dark and letting it just getting soft in that space and feeling safe and loved and nurtured. And um, so maybe I just need to do a little bit more of that for myself this week yeah, on purpose, yeah. deliberately. There's a lot of healing with the
0: darkness, right?
1: Yeah. And I just, like, I really, it's a really big deal. Like I teach it's a really big part of my teaching that you don't need to be scared of the dark. Mm-hmm. So part of what I help people to do is to sink into those, Scary places and realize that they're not so scary, it's just calling really loudly to you because it wants to be known. And um, so, I'll take some of my own advice this week, hey? <laughs> yeah, that's always the best. Well, there you go. Okay. okay,
0: so let's see predictions for the next chapter. Yes, please. now remind me do i have the name of that city they're supposed to be going to correct is it muros
1: muros yep i think so okay hang on let
0: me so, do... i'm gonna look at last week yeah
1: because they were at winold and they've come from winold and they're heading to Murros.
0: so last thing my prediction was that they'll be followed i was right, oh, you were right. <laughs> ding 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 um, and Garen will glimpse who it is, and he did glimpse Brill, so that was pretty cool.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah you are. are you reading ahead and not telling me.
0: <laughs> oh, darn it, you found me out. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I would never do that. Um, so this week, I think I'm predicting that they're gonna arrive at Murrow's because that's where they've been trying to get to, and the name of the Murgo that has been following him. Asherak. Asherak. That I I feel like he's going to actually come face to face with him and maybe have a conversation with him or something where he'll get some more
1: answers. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) And hashtags, my lovelies. (laughs) If you hit us up on social media this week, please do so and hashtag be careful not to mumble or yeah. hashtag don't shout and be careful not to mumble. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how many characters you use, darling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I like the don't shout and be careful not to mumble, but it's a little long.
1: <laughs> well, it's only a little long if you're on Twitter and we're not Twitter people. We're Instagram and yeah. Facebook people, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yep. yep, so... Next, next week, week.
0: yeah so Sorry. fun we okay. I was just going to say I'll cut, I'll cut that out it's okay okay <laughs> <laughs> maybe I won't
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah so if you guys want to get in contact with us please where can they do that
1: um, they can email us at Beyond at gmail.com and you can also check out our website belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. All the links will be in the show notes and if you would like to see um, our gallery of inspirational stuff head over to Instagram and that's um, belgariadandbeyond at belgarianandbeyond.com belgariad and beyond is that our instagram thing yeah it's at belgar oh That's yeah okay. at
0: belgariad and beyond
1: i'll put it in the show notes we'll do a clicky thing
0: it's all good yeah 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 sounds awesome every time i notice every time we get to the end of an episode it's like my dog knows i'm getting close to getting off and she'll start running around and playing and she's barking at herself in the mirror and it's like
1: i'm trying to focus i'm working here <laughs> yeah all right so see you next week guys thank you for sticking around to the end of the episode um and hit us up with any of your questions or prophecies we really really love your prophecies Um, and we'll see you next week for chapter nine. Bye guys. Over and out. Yeah.
0: (sighs) (sighs) It always feels good to record this because it's probably the most I laugh in one sitting. Oh, um, I'm so glad. <laughs> I
1: love our episodes, really. Yeah. yeah I'll oh, stop recording. Stop recording. Uh,